but yeah, we've learned over the years from, from being in, you know, trying to operate a large facility in a small community that you have to be frugal. And why would you throw something out if it still works well? That was Trina Clark, the CEO of the Cumberland YMCA, our guest today on episode 15. Stay informed, get involved. Welcome to the Great Amber's Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Cameron. So Trina started working at the YMCA 23 years ago, part-time in the childcare program. Uh, and over the, her 23-year career at the YMCA, she has stepped up into managerial roles until she assumed the CEO role in 2008. I wanted Trina to come on the podcast today to talk about the role that the Cumberland YMCA plays in our community. Um, the Y obviously supplies and provides swimming lessons, has the exercise room and the exercise classes. The Y also provides a lot of other community outreach programs for homelessness prevention, lunch programs, teen programs, has the child care center and the child care programs in both Amherst and Oxford. We talked a lot about those. We talked about how people can get involved with the Y's service club now and how their membership is growing and how they help and provide support in the community. Uh, Trina also told us a lot about what her and her staff are doing now to stay connected with the Y community and offer support and services to the community. And she also explained a bit more on what we can do to support the YMCA as we start coming back online and over the longer term. If you enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts to make sure you don't miss one of our episodes on our local stories and our local content. Today's episode is brought to you by Deanne Fitzpatrick Studio. Their shop is closed right now, but you can still order online at hookingrugs.com. You can order all your rug hooking supplies to complete your projects, or this is the perfect time to order a beginning rug hooking kit for someone you know and care about. You can place all your orders online at hookingrugs.com. And by Carter Sports Cresting. They're still available for your printing needs and can prepare all the safety notices and signs you need to ensure a safe work site and store during the COVID-19 crisis. Contact Mark and his team at 667-2525 or online at cartersportscresting.com. And now here's Trina Clark. Good morning, everybody. Uh, today's guest on the podcast is Trina Clark, the CEO of the Cumberland YMCA. Uh, I asked Trina to come on to talk with us and share what the YMCA adds and does for our community. Um, I think right off the bat, everybody thinks of the Y as, you know, there's the gym, there's the weights, there's the childcare, there's the pool. And those are essential services and great services um, that the Y adds, but there is a whole lot more. And that's where, that's why I wanted Trina to come on. So Trina, welcome. Good morning. So I do want to start though with kind of your background and how you um, got into the role of being the CEO of the Cumberland YMCA. So I saw online you started in the role in 2008. That's correct. Yes. yes. So it, yeah. Can you tell us about your path to getting there into okay, this role? Okay, sure. Well, I've, I've actually worked for the Y since 1997. Okay. Um, 
I started um, my oldest, uh, my first child was nine months old uh, at the time. And I just really wanted something part-time to stay connected to the community while mm -hmm. being able to balance being home with her. Right. Um, and so I did start just part-time um, in my field, which is, uh, which was child care. Okay. And I did some after school programming and uh, eventually went on to teach preschool and kindergarten. And it, I didn't stay part-time for long, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, which is tends to be what happens at the Y. Um, and so I, I evolved, I guess, from there to, um, uh, managing the child care department. And then in 2008, uh, our Y went into a uh, financial crisis mm -hmm. and our, and our board at the time had announced that we would, um, basically they would be closing the Y in, in a month. And so we had a lot of community members. Um, we had a community meeting and community members rallied around and said, you know, we were not going to accept that. And so there was a lot of transition that happened. And um, I was asked to step in for an interim mission to try to help save the Y. This um, is like your so, comment that many people don't stay part time at at the Y. Right on. <laughs> Intern was a 12-year position. <laughs> oh. Oh. Sorry, I, I lost you there for a second. Oh, there that's okay. Go. That's okay. Um, we can cut this out. So I said, okay. it's, <laughs> it's, it's like your comment part-time at the Y, you don't stay part-time very long. So interim was, interim position was 12 years. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, so 12 years ago, it was an interim position and, um, I, I, I accepted it with a bit of trepidation, uh, mm -hmm. because I wasn't sure about the ability to, you know, it, it was a big undertaking. Um, but, uh, I also thought, what do I have to lose? Um, because one way or another, <laughs> if we fail, we, we have no why and I have no job. And if I don't do it, uh, I'm going to be out of a job. Mm -hmm. So here we are 12 years later, um, and thanks to supportive, you know, community and, and key partners, um, we're here, we're yeah. here and, uh, this is, this is a permanent position for me. That, that's perfect. So I was thinking, as you said, when you started in the childcare and the after school programs in 97, I was thinking the facilities, the childcare facilities were completely different at that time than they are now. That, yes. Yeah. It you didn't have the same facilities. The childcare program, like I'm trying to think, I'm trying to remember what it was like at that point and where the child care program even was. Yeah. So it was much smaller. Yeah. Um, it was one one room, well, two rooms in the Y that we accessed. We had one dedicated space for preschool kindergarten, and then we actually used the uh, the Wiseman's room for our part day programs, so our after school programs and and some uh, toddler uh, play group programs. Um, so it was much much smaller. Um, probably had, you know, I'm. I'm going to guess maybe about um, 60 to 70 families that, that would have utilized the Y at that time between all the three different preschool classes and the after school program. Um, and so over the years, we've certainly evolved. Uh, we, we now have over, 
you know, 250 families throughout Cumberland County that access YMCA services. And, and our biggest offering is um, our full day programming, um, which is full day childcare. Our after school programming is very large throughout Cumberland. And um, we, you know, we we're now in the Y again, um, you know, our full day program started off site, actually originally started in the old high school before the the ones the old high school was torn down so that's how long ago that was oh really uh, yeah yeah uh, so and and it started out very small mm-hmm. uh, and but we back in 2011 we built 7000 square feet onto the Y as part of our capital um, campaign mm-hmm. and so we have um, a child care center that can accommodate uh, between after school and full day um, children uh, five and under, uh, it it accommodates 160 children. So, yeah, I know a lot of people that um, that their kids go there either at, for the after school program or full day, and they they love the facilities and they love the programs and the and because I know for some of the after school kids, like you give them access to the gym and the pool, and there's a lot of different program, and it's not. It, there's a large educational component to it as well. Like it's not just, I mean, you obviously protect the kids and keep them safe, but there's also they're learning and doing a lot of other things yeah, in we the program have a, as well. We have, absolutely. And, and our, and our childcare, we have a, it's a nationally recognized program. It was developed by the YMCA of greater Toronto. Mm-hmm. So it is a curriculum called playing to learn. Um, and it's, um, it's a, it's a phenomenal program. We've done that for over a decade. We have, uh, utilized that curriculum planning and actually the, um, the pre-primary program, their curriculum is very similar to what we're doing. Um, and it's really about, um, the fundamental, um, skills and learnings that are through play. Mm-hmm. So with that, like if, if there is somebody out there that wants more information on the, on the child care program, what's the best way for them to, to get it or learn more about it? So you can, um, you can access from our website, you can access information um, about our curriculum. Um, and, you know, certainly uh, during this time, um, you can't call the why. Um, but you can, you know, you can reach out through our website. You can get um, all the contact information mm-hmm. um, through email um, of our staff. And so Renee Lesby is our child care manager. Um, she's our, she's our, one of our on-site <laughs> experts uh, yes. in terms of playing to learn. But we also are very fortunate. We have a, we have a playing to learn trainer. And uh, so Virginia McManaman um, does uh, modules with our staff. And even during this time, um, we're using this opportunity with our um, early childhood educators not being able to be in the classroom. We are using this time to get, um, uh, get them as much training as we can mm-hmm. so that we come back, when we come back physically, um, they, uh, they're you know, better than ever able to offer the quality programs that we're known for. Right. And there's something else I was thinking you mentioned. Um, I think you'd said you offer childcare services in Cumberland County or that you had 250 yeah. kids in Cumberland County. 
Yeah. So including Amherst, right. obviously our largest complement and our largest population base is in Amherst, but we do um, uh, after school programming in mm-hmm. several of the schools throughout Cumberland County. And we run a pilot program for uh, the provincial government in Oxford, which is a, we run a, a before and after school uh, wraparound care for the pre-primary students um, in Oxford. Right. So, yeah, so all total, we have about about 250 children that are utilizing YMCA child care programs of some kind. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'd heard, uh, or I'd heard before that there was options or facilities in Oxford, but I, I couldn't remember. So, yeah, again, thank you. So, I suppose, same thing. If somebody's in Oxford around that area and wants more information, again, check out the, Cum- the Cumberland YMCA website and it would have that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so our childcare manager, Renee would be first point of contact. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she would get you, she would get them all directed to whoever they need to talk to in terms of programs, registration, or any questions they might have. All right. Perfect. So something else I was thinking about, and you mentioned it. So you're in the role of the CEO of the YMCA. What's, what's the rest of sort of the organization, organizational structure? of the why. Like I think you'd mentioned before, there's a board of directors. How does yeah, that so, all work together? Yeah. So the why is, uh, we are a charity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we are, uh, we are run, uh, by a board of directors. And so I am the staff member of the board of directors. Uh, so basically I work for the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, our board is a governance board. So essentially, the CEO and the staff are responsible for the operational um, things when it comes to running the Y, and the board oversees the the governance piece. So um, you know things like our bylaws, our you know uh, decision making um, around what we're you know what we're doing, the direction that we're going. They oversee the the they have fiscal responsibility to oversee, um, you know, our budget and our, um, financial reporting. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, we have, uh, 12 board members, uh, from throughout the community. Uh, we have representatives from the town and County, um, on our board. Um, and our staff complement is just, well, <laughs> before the pandemic, yes, uh, we absolutely. have a staff- we had a staff complement of, of just over 80, um, and that, that's about a 50% split between full-time and part-time staff. So, And we're also, the Y is one of the largest um, youth employers in Cumberland County as well. Yeah, I was thinking about that as well. Like When I was growing up, um, I had a lot of friends who were lifeguards and worked part-time at the Y and after school, do a few shifts, weekends, teaching swimming lessons, doing, um, doing different things like that. And there, I found it kind of, initially it was kind of odd when I moved back to town with my daughter and going to swimming lessons, like taking her to swimming lessons and seeing, seeing uh, like a new batch of high school students there <laughs> teaching swimming lessons kind of took me back to, I didn't do it. Um, but to my friends who were lifeguards and who taught swimming lessons. And, you, and, and I think there's also those jobs for teenagers, like being a lifeguard or working at the Y, there's, you have a different level of responsibility than you would for a lot of other part-time jobs you may get in high school. 
It's it's true. It's um, they are they they are responsible for you know the safety of people using the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a tremendous responsibility. There's a tremendous amount of training and education that they go through. Um, that is that is unlike you know most youth uh, positions. Um, and, and it really, it's, it's an incredible, it's an incredible training for life, um, because you're, you know, you're, you have to be disciplined and it's not easy. It's not, I, 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 quite frankly, I don't think I could pass what they have to pass. No, um, no, not, at all. not, no, not just, yeah, not just the, not just the physical, um, qualifications that they need, uh, to be able to have, but the, you know, the. Um, mental piece as well the education and the skill set is it's just tremendous yeah it it was yeah it was sort of a thought that i i had because it's also the other thing i was thinking about the why is i remember when the facility was built so 80 89 like I, i remember that and i remember and and i was thinking i vaguely remember the old facility like right. vaguely, and I couldn't remember if it, if the old facility was uh, where the um, Air Force Legion on Havelock Street is, or if it's where the police station was. I couldn't remember that part, but I vaguely remember the old facility. So it 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 was uh, it was the the Air Air Force Club. I think, yeah, yeah I it think was so. there for the time. It's I can't really speak a whole lot to the, I wasn't a Y kid growing up. I, I, I had my first experience with the Y, uh, was actually when the Y closed, uh, in the early nineties. Um, I, uh, actually at that time, my very first experience with any Y programming, I, uh, taught preschool at, um, at when it moved to, um, APSI. Uh, so the, the, yeah, so I taught there for about a year and at that time it was the Wiseman that kept those Y programming, uh, offerings going for the children in our community until we were able to reopen, uh, and we reopened in 96. So that was my only experience. I wasn't a Y kid. I didn't do Y programs. I hear stories about the Y dances and you know, all of these things, um, that I missed out on. Uh, Mm -hmm. I grew up in the country and it just, it just wasn't a part of of my upbringing. So I missed out on a lot, (laughs) uh, apparently. Um, but it's, it's just tremendous when you still, people still share those stories of what the why meant to them growing up, like my generation and earlier generations about being bused to Mount Allison for swimming lessons and, and all of that. And just, I think it just speaks to the way that the why in our community has been so innovative over the years to deliver um, for the people in our community, um, even with those challenges of not even having a building. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I'd like to expand. I'd like to talk more about what else the why does for the, what does for the community. But I was thinking my, my, grandparents used to take me swimming at the pool at Mount A. It, I can't, it must've been before the Y opened. And I just remember I hated going there because they made you wear bathing caps. 
I don't know why I still remember that, but um, <laughs> I do want, like I said, I do want to talk more about other programs you add to the why, but I want to take just a quick minute to share um, just word from one of our, one of our sponsors of this episode. And so today's episode is brought, brought to you by it's the great Amherst gratitude project. So this is something that I've started on top of this podcast, uh, mostly because in conversation with Mayor Kogan, we talked about how the public works employees just don't get the thanks and recognition they deserve. And, and I took it and I went more further from there. And I thought there are a lot of people in our community that just don't get the thanks that they deserve. And there's a lot of things in our community that people are grateful for. So I want to collect these stories and comments from people and then compile them all together into an episode to share on the podcast. So you can email them in to me at info at tgapod.com or you can go to our website, tgapod.com slash thanks to share your messages of thanks and your messages of gratitude. So something else that I decided to start during this. So... So Trina, you actually before I ask you about the community, you mentioned the wise men in the wise wise manettes again. What what role do those do those groups still play with the Y now? So we, we they've now at least locally they've evolved into the Cumberland Y Service Club, and so we have one club uh, with uh, which I'm a proud member. Uh, and have been for uh, about, I think, maybe four years now. Um, and so we have, um, we're, I think, maybe 35 uh, men and women from the community that um, are, you know, essentially the club's mandate is is to support the Y and the community. So we do a lot of projects, and, and they've, um, the, the, the club has been instrumental in ensuring that the Y has remained in our community um, for decades. Um, they were, they stepped up, as I said, when our building was closed in the 90s. Um, they have contributed funds. They, we still, like right now, each year they contribute um, $20,000 towards our Strong Kids campaign. And the Strong Kids campaign is, is that's, our, that's our annual campaign. That is our vehicle. Um, for how we do the work that we do in the community in terms of um, making sure there are no barriers to accessing Y programs. So it provides um, sponsored membership. It provides uh, childcare, uh, access to swim lessons. Um, so the club has been absolutely instrumental in, in ensuring that. And um, they've, been, they've been a tremendous and continue to be a tremendous blessing. Um, but they also do other projects in the community. They are, we do uh, two food a year uh, for the Amherst Food Assist- Assistance Network. Um, we support Little League. So the Wise Guys is, is, is the team. That's yep. our team. <laughs> I, I played for the Mixers, so I'm kind of oh. anti them. But. <laughs> so, but, you know, so they're... They, Certainly, we do things to support local, but but primarily um, they are they are a tremendous uh, contributor to the YMCA um, and to the work of the YA. Right, and I assume so. It's called the Cumberland Y Service Club now. 
Right. And I would assume you're looking for new members. Always. Oh, so if somebody, (laughs) if somebody wanted to get involved, how do they, how do they get involved? To make it easy, they can reach out to me. Okay. (laughs) For a start. I'll just keep directing every question back to our website. So you can get my email and my phone number off of our website. And uh, then I'm happy to put you in touch with the folks on our membership committee. Um, you know, we've, we just inducted um, a few months ago four new members. That was a huge, oh, perfect. Uh, big night. Uh, yeah, it's, it was really exciting. Um, and so we're, we're, you know, in the past year, we've, we've gotten uh, four new members and uh, we have one that's as, as, uh, as young as uh, 16 or maybe. Um, and because that is certainly a concern. Many of our service clubs, are um, they're, the members are getting older. And when we look at volunteering, especially vol- volunteering in, um, in, uh, well, everywhere is changed. Many of us, myself and my husband included, uh, a lot of our volunteering was with our children um, and what they were involved in when they were younger, which is part of the reason I didn't join the club until about four years ago, um, because that was any any additional volunteering that I did outside of the why, because I also volunteered with why functions, um, was dedicated to to things my children were involved in. And I think many of us as parents, that's what we're doing now. Um, and, and want to be involved, uh, not necessarily have that, that membership commitment, but always are willing to help on a one-off scenario. So you know, I think of like the, the cross-border challenge run that the club does um, and different events like that. People in the community want to help and they want to help and then they want to be done. So yes, of course, we're always looking for new members and, uh, and the, we meet twice a month and it's a lot of fun, it's a lot of laughs. Perfect. Sounds good. I'll, I'll put um maybe what I'll do like in the show notes. I'll put a like I'll put your email address and the link to the website so people can reach out to you quickly and easily and if they're interested in helping. That'd be great. So, like I said, we talked we talked about childcare and you know the Y has um you know fitness classes, the gym, the weight room, the the um. Uh, like a extremely well stocked fitness center, like it's it. There's pretty much anything and everything you need. I I do have I one thing I really like is when I was in high school, so ninety seven, ninety eight. Um, like I went to the Y regularly to work out in the gym, and then when I moved back, I probably started back at the Y. You know, a couple of years ago or whatever. It, and it brought me great comfort to walk into the weight room and see there were still some of the dumbbells there now that were there. <laughs> 20. I, I'm not hundred percent sure why, but it was just something I went, okay, those look familiar. This is kind of nice. <laughs> well, I'm glad that it brought you comfort. Um, <laughs> but um, those are things that don't die. <laughs> They're not equipment that you can wear out. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So there's no point in buying new ones. Anyways, it was. We do have new ones. Um, we yes. we do have new ones, but um, but yeah, we've learned over the years from from being in you know trying to operate a large facility in a small community that you have to be frugal. And why would you throw something out if it still works well? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. So, 
I, I, I wanted you to tell us more about the other programs that the Cumberland YMCA offers for our community. I'd love. So um, is, would this be in reference to what we're experiencing now, or would this be in reference to when times are normal or both? Um, I, I want to cover both. So let's start with the one, the other programs during when times are quote unquote normal. Let's start there and then we'll yeah. move into what you're doing now after. Okay. Okay. So, um, so obviously you named, you know, um, different as- aspects and sections of our building. Um, you know, one of our, one of our huge um, compliments to the community and, and, very well received is our uh, fitness class programming. So while we have a pretty extensive um, offering in terms of all the hardware you need to do your own workout or your own cardio workout, um, we have a, a, an incredible team of staff and volunteers that offer uh, that fitness class component um, for those that, that like to, to do their fitness workout in a social atmosphere. Um, and in a fun uh, way, um, it's uh, they're very well received. So before we closed, um, we would have had in a weekly schedule over 40 uh, classes. Um, we have many volunteers and uh, staff that we have staff that um, not just that work in health, health and fitness, but we have staff that work in admin positions that also have gotten the training and do classes because they, they love it. So. Yes. Yeah, I think I've seen Jeff going upstairs to do spin cycle classes. Absolutely. Yeah, and, Jeff, Allison. Uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. And I mean, Laura does an unbelievable number of classes throughout the week, but in her role. And we have actually, there's uh, two women who work at our office started going, yeah, about a year ago, going at lunch, like catching, getting into the fitness classes. And they they just love it. They love, like I said, the social aspect of it. Um, and I know some other people like the fact that there's a time, yeah. like you have sort of accountability to be there on time at this to get in and do the class. Absolutely. Yep. That's right. Um, and so, um, you know, so that, that's sort of our, you know, that's, that's the, that's the fitness aspect. Childcare is, uh, is, is very large, uh, obviously for a why, and we've talked about that. Um, but we also um, have youth programming um, and the youth programming that we're involved in wouldn't be possible without partners. So there's a Thursday night um, youth drop in um, that is uh, primarily led by Maggie's Place. But there's several community partners that are involved in that. That happens at the Y. Uh, we partner with the town of Amherst to do a Friday night youth drop in, which is very well attended. Um, there's two different age groups for a different time. And we usually, uh, in a in a night, have about 60. Um, in addition, um, Allison, who I had mentioned earlier, Allison runs our community outreach programs. So Allison is, is relatively new to our staff and that she's been there um, a couple of years now. Um, and she primarily started um, with homelessness prevention. So um, that's, that's, uh, we received a grant funding from Affordable Housing uh, Association of Nova Scotia for that position. 
but she very quickly expanded out beyond that to helping to meet the needs of the community beyond just that homelessness piece. And so has started a, a community kitchen, which we offer a lunch to the community once a week. Uh, again, this, this is all before uh, COVID-19. Um, and we, uh, we also have a community garden uh, where we, and, and we're hoping to uh, again this year, uh, because we, we see that as an essential service because we grow just outside the Y, we grow um, range of vegetables and we offer those free to the community. Um, so that was, that's been started um, as well. You know, we've, there's a lot that we've added um, during this, the, our new reality of what we're going through. Um, and so what we've, I guess what we're learning is, um, you know, there, there, there are core programs um, that the Y offers and those core programs, we have to find a way to continue to do them um, during this time. Um, Childcare, obviously we can't because that's, that's a mandate from the province and and we follow the provincial directives. Um, But in terms of, of how we're, how we're serving community now, uh, we're serving the community differently, uh, virtually, uh, but we're still serving. And so we have uh, established uh, a group fitness um, page um, on Facebook. And that has, um, that has over 640 people that are involved in that fitness page. And so that's where we um, have staff and volunteers teaching classes. And so people can still... Uh, keep up with their fitness regime, albeit from their living room or somewhere in their house, as opposed to physically. Uh, we've also, um, our early childhood educators, even though not physically in the building working, they're still working. Um, and they um, have set up, uh, and they're doing calls with families to do check-ins to see how they're doing, if they have any needs, if there's something the Y can do to support them during this time. We've also started uh, a Facebook group for those families where, and we have a, over 140 so far that have signed up. So this is fairly new. And um, it's, it's, really, it's really wonderful to see our, our educators are on there and they're, they're reading stories, they're doing sing-alongs, they're doing art projects and craft projects to share with parents on, you know, what to do with them while you're home. But another Thing that has evolved through this, which is it just is so lovely and has warmed my heart. I spent some time yesterday going through the page, and we have many parents that are posting videos of their children saying hi to their classmates and oh, to nice. their teachers. Uh, one little guy was on there singing "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star" <laughs> for everyone. So it's just been it's just been so heartwarming. And, uh, and that's a, that's certainly, um, a way they're able to stay connected with their friends and it's, and it's just so lovely. Um, we're, we've also started, um, this week and we got this idea from another why, um, we've, we started this week reaching out, uh, by phone to, um, some of our seniors. Okay. Um, so we know that, um, you know, we know, uh, some of our seniors, um, are live alone. 
Mm-hmm. And so we're doing, we have staff that are doing calls to them to check on them, to see how they're doing. We can do for them. Um, we have a repost just yesterday on our face, on our page. Um, one of our members just celebrated a birthday back in February. She turned 98. And she, <laughs> before we closed, she was still coming to the Y a couple of times a week to do a class. Perfect. And so, you know, one of our, our staff members reaching out to her every couple of days just to see how she's doing. And, and she's walking around her neighborhood. She's staying active. Um, it's, it's just that reach out to let them know we're thinking of you and can we do anything to help you out. So, so those are, those are some of the, the pieces that we're connecting to our members, but many of the, any of the people that are joining the, um, the fitness group, aren't members and hadn't been members. And, you know, we had one gentleman uh, share with Laura that his, uh, his two granddaughters did a class from New Zealand and he was like, you know, how is that possible? I don't even understand how this could happen. So it's, it's been, it's been really fun. Um, but so yeah, of the 600 plus people, not, not all of them are even currently members of the Y. So we're, we're engaging people that, that previously may not have, have had a Y experience or hadn't for a while. So I think that's, that's a great opportunity as well. And I um, think but with the, that, I was going to say, I think it's interesting. Yeah. Like you can go online and you can find there's countless workout and exercise routines and exercise videos online. You can find yeah, countless sure. of them, but there's something different about it being somebody that, you know, or if it's, if it's somebody's class that you attend regularly, Yes. before closed down. It's something different right? to know that it's, no, oh, this is somebody I know. Yeah. And there's, there is a program that's been launched um, that we've, we've shared repeatedly called Why Thrive. And uh, this was done and there's wise, you know, right across Canada that are contributing content to this. And, and it's been fabulous. And we have many, many people that are using that as well. Um, but you're right. It's, it's, as good as that is, um, it, you know, there, there is something special about uh, being able to see somebody that you know and saying, oh, hey, there's Laura or there's, there's Allison or, uh, you know, there's Nina, you know, one of our, you know, 25-year uh, Y volunteers. Like it just, it, it is heartwarming. And so I, I think that it, it offers something for everybody you know, to do the Y Thrive, um, it, it has a wide variety of classes. But if you if you really need that personal community uh, piece as well, um, then yeah, you're going to tune into faces that you know, for sure. Because I think that's something else that in conversation for yourself, and even for myself going to the Y, is the Y becomes a community for the people who go there a lot. Like for whatever service, whatever services you you use, like people going to um, swims, like it becomes you end up with similar sorts of people there at the same time using using the facility. Um, even like the dance programs for kids or swimming lessons, or even like you said, the community the exercise classes. Um, it becomes a community. You know the people that are there. Even for myself going to the gym, you go regularly at the same times, you see the same people. You don't actually talk to them, but you see them and you go, okay, they're here too. They're here at the same time as me. And you become like, 
gym acquaintances, but you don't talk. You're just there working out at the same time or the staff or whatever. And, it, it, and there's that just uh, community hub, community role that the Y plays that's really important to our town, I think. It, it is because, um, because that is community. Uh, so whether it's just a smile or a nod because you see them in there all the time, whether it's being greeted by that same staff person when you come in, it's it's this is our sense of community and this is our sense of connection. So that's why doing what we're doing right now is so important because this is this is how we have continuity with that sense of community. Um, it's different, um, but that's okay. Uh, and we're learning a lot as well about, well, what does this mean for the next phase? Like when, when we're at the point that we're able to reopen, um, what does this look like? Are we, are we learning from this? And are we able to look at ways that we're able to engage um, differently? Um, but I think that physical, I think that physical piece is going to be very, very important. But I don't think we, we want to lose the learnings from this. Um, you know, one of the other pieces that we're doing, you know, we've, we've, we're doing is that um, community outreach piece uh, beyond, beyond the virtual, because there are people in our community um, that have been affected by the virus that um, we have found, we're finding ways to help. So the Amherst Food Assistance Network, they're doing a phenomenal job of continuing to meet the needs uh, of food security in our community. Um, but we have implemented a program that that's out, a bit outside of the, those parameters of, of sort of helping bridge the gap uh, that people are experiencing um, due to the virus um, in, in between. So they, they may not need a food bank um, over the long term, but we've, in the last couple of weeks, we've supplied food boxes uh, to members of the community. So we've, we've done 10 food boxes for individuals okay. uh, and uh, we did one family food box. And so the idea with these food boxes is that it's, it's an, it contains enough food to last them for two weeks. Oh, and wow. So basically our goal is to find those people that are maybe waiting for the CERB funding to kick in um, or unemployment to kick in. Um, and so they wouldn't, when that happens, they wouldn't need the food bank necessarily on an ongoing basis. Um, or maybe they're isolated at home. Maybe they're a senior that can't leave their home uh, to go get groceries. Um, and so while we help them navigate what their options are, we want to get food to them um, and then help them to figure out on an ongoing basis how they can um, be supplied. So uh, we're, the Y is working closely with Elizabeth Smith McCrossan. Okay. On, uh, the neighbor to neighbor website. And um, so this is, it's an, it's an exceptional website for people who need help, but also for people who want to help for people that are sitting home and saying, I need to, I want to do something. I want to help. And so people can go on and, and it's, it's simple. It's a click of a button to say you need help. And then you can say what you need. Um, yeah. Or if you, um, if you want to help, if you're able to, you know, pick somebody's groceries and deliver them, if you're able to, you know, anything that you can do while we're still following the guidelines of social distancing, but anything you can do to help people 
So the why we've been working with that, that's where the food box program instigated from. And so we've, we've been working on that. We've got a couple of very fledgling, very new programs as well that we're looking at. One is, and, and these, we don't know if they'll happen. These were in talks with some partners. So we're hoping, you know, we're hoping to, um, while this goes on and the weather's getting nicer and, you know, kids can't go outside of their own neighborhood, we're, we're looking at ways that we can get bikes in the hands of kids that don't have them. So, so that's one thing that we're working with, uh, with a few people on. Um, and then the other is, uh, is a lunch program because we know with, um, the schools, uh, offering breakfast programs and lunch programs, uh, and then the, now that that's not happening, um, this again would be outside of those people that are able to and would be accessing the food bank. This would be a stopgap for those throughout Cumberland County that uh, we just need a few lunch supplies to get them, you know, to kind of get them over that hump. So those are a couple of additional things that we are looking at. Um, and we hope to post more information about those really soon. Okay. So I'll put a link to the neighbor to neighbor website below as well for anybody who wants to get involved. And then the information on the bikes or the information on the food, when those more details on those programs come out, where would people be able to find that? So there'll be, we'll be posting, um, on our, the Y Facebook page, the Y Facebook page is very active and certainly anything new would go there. Um, I can't say at this time, I don't know if you'll be able to link that with uh, neighbor to neighbor, but certainly, um, if that's something that you need help with, um, then, then big, you can, you can ask for that help. And, uh, Elizabeth's team would, um, pass that information on to us as well. So it's, it's also a good, a good connection. All right. That that's perfect. Kind of getting near our time, but there is, there is, there's one more topic I want to talk about, um, with you and you know, the why is a nonprofit organization and the why still has staff and the why still has a facility and still has expenses and, and no members coming in right. the door right now. So this can't be easy on easy on the why right now, financially. It It's not. It's not because, you know, we're, we're a big facility uh, in a, in a small region. And mm-hmm. so at the best of times, we, uh, we have to maintain focus and we have to pinch our pennies and we have to be fiscally responsible, uh, which we are. And this is why we're, are sustainable uh, but now more than ever when we we don't have child care revenues coming in we don't have membership revenues coming in and, and other programs um, it it's there's no question it's a challenge um, I'm, I'm very very pleased and very grateful that um, the town of Amherst and the municipality of Cumberland have uh, continued with their funding support for for at this time um, because it's enabled us to be able to do the community programs that we're doing. Um, and, and as well, um, I have to say, you know, we've been, we've been very grateful um, to both the provincial and the federal governments with the work that they're doing and, and the, the uh, funds, uh, whether it's wage subsidy, whether it's small business uh, grants, whatever it may be. Um, 
we're grateful to that as well um, because the why we need we need everything we need to apply for anything anything and everything that we can um, but another thing that that has happened um, you know we we made personal calls to to each of our members that have their membership uh, withdrawn automatically from their bank accounts or from their so we reached out to them to let them know that that we were suspending that for the time being. Um, but almost half of, of those members um, offered um, or opted to continue with that monthly payment as a donation so that we could continue with the work that we're doing. Um, so I was we, wondering we, about that. Okay. So... Because for myself, I never signed up for the automatic withdrawal. I just never right. did. I kept saying I'd do it next time. So I'm also very grateful I'm in, in a position where I can make that donation or do something like that. So if I were to make that donation now, instead of paying the membership fee, would I be eligible for a tax receipt? Absolutely. You would be because it's uh, you're not getting services, <laughs> uh, you're not able to access the facility, so uh, it would be a donation. So yes, it, you would receive a tax receipt, and and uh, so for for information on that, um, if you if you go to our website or our Y Facebook page, um, you, there is information that's provided there. Um, there is a there is a link um, to a video um, I did a while ago actually talking to our community and um, with that um, at the you know on that post there there's all the links and all the information on how you can do it um, and we have also had we've also had members um, come forward with their own ideas so Jim Murdoch and and then Leon Landry following him Jim Powell over they both did walks they committed to uh, a significant distance yeah like 50 uh, of miles walks or something walks. right yeah, yeah yeah so um you know that that uh that was that was really well received by the community and uh and that that resulted in i i think between the two of them at you know 27 2800 worth wow. of donations that we received so Fantastic. um so we're both we're very grateful for that as well. Yeah. So I'll put um I'll put a link to the page where if somebody wants to make a donation that they can do yeah. it. Like I'll put that on our in our show notes and our on our page as well for people who who are able to at this point um, make that donation and and help out. Um, that would be great. Yeah, that would be great. Because I am I am looking forward to when the facility opens again and we can get back and yeah, (laughs) I can imagine. Thank you very much, um, Trina for coming on. I, it's easy to forget how much value the, the why adds to our community. You know, it's, uh, and I, before we wrap up, I'd like to get some more contact info. Did you have anything else you were thinking you wanted to share or, the, the only, I guess, wrap-up comment I, I have is, is I want to build on, on the, the question about how uh, people can support the why. Um, so we appreciate uh, any consideration and, and anyone's ability to certainly help us right now. But, you know, we're, we're, looking, at this, um, we're looking at this time and, and our survival through this pandemic in three phases. And, and the first phase is certainly 
um, getting through the closure period successfully. But phase two will be the, the reopening and what that looks like. And so that is when we will need the community as well. Um, we'll need you to come back. We'll need you to bring your children back to childcare. We'll need you to come and use the building again and be members. Um, that is what you can do for the why during that phase. Um, and then we also know there's going to be a phase three, which is is the new normal. And, and what does that look like? And so we're, we're plan making plans around, you know, how long will it take us to rebuild uh, the membership? How long will it take us to rebuild our childcare? will it take us to get back to the what we were used to um, before that because we know it's not going to be a matter of every all restrictions are lifted and now we go back to how it was before we know that's not going to be the case so so I would encourage people to to think about that and and all of our businesses not just the why um, they're going to need us during phase two and phase three um, because the recovery and the new normal um, are just as important as how we help each other during this time right now. That I absolutely agree. And so if you want to know what's happening with the why, you can check out the website or and or follow the YMCA on Facebook. I'll put links to both of those. And... And in, in the other odd thing, I still remember the phone number, 667-9112. One of the few I still remember. So once, <laughs> It absolutely does. And so once, uh, once the building's back open, you'll be able to call and ask your questions. So thank you for coming on, Trina. I really Thanks. appreciate this. Thank you for asking. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you to Trina Clark for coming on and doing this interview. I hope you get and understand how much the YMCA is involved in our community, the support and the role. Uh, again, if you enjoyed this show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Don't miss an episode. I appreciate you listening and I hope you're having a great day.